When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sponsored by Brian's Heating and Cooling. Brian's Heating and Cooling, where they take your comfort personally. Give them a call for all your commercial and residential comfort needs. 803-796-1788 or brianshheatingandcooling.com. Antoine Juschwell breaks away at the 30, 20, going for the pylon at the 5, dives for it. Call it. Touchdown, Carolina. Football Friday on your home of the Gamecocks in Columbia, 107.5 The Game. Also heard on 100.3 The Game in Myrtle Beach. And 100.5 The Game in Florence. You give me that funny feeling in my tummy. And welcome into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler West and Chris along with you on this football Friday, a little over 24 hours away from South Carolina, heading on the road for the first SEC contest of the season, taking on number one Georgia in, uh, guys, what something I've talked about a little bit this morning already, kind of the end of an era, the last time these teams will play at least annually as Georgia is not on the 2024 schedule for uh, South Carolina. It's very sad. Very sad. I guess we got to enjoy it while we got it, but, I mean, they'll play again. They will, and with with the new scheduling model, you'll see everybody on a home-and-away basis at least twice over the course of four years. But, again, when you've been doing something every year for the past 30 years, it is kind of... Odd to see it come to an end like this. Yeah, it's sad. Um, I guess the big question on everyone's mind will be, can will, will this be one of those classics, or will it be like last year when Georgia, frankly, just dominated? I was looking back. I remembered Georgia dominated the game, but mm-hmm. even so final score of 48-7, yep. I don't even think that properly expresses how out of hand the game was to start. Georgia was up 24 nothing. At the half, they were up 45 nothing at the end of the third quarter and, and really just sort of, I think, cruised the, the rest of the way. So uh, I think that that's the big question. for On the Georgia side, I think, guys, they're trying to figure out what their, you know, what, what this team's identity is going to be. And I've been listening to a lot of Georgia podcasts and reading what's going on over there. They're graded on a curve right now, I think. Like, mm-hmm. The, the expectations there are so high. When they say, hey, this is a problem, this is a question, it's a little bit different than when everybody else says this is a question. However, I do kind of agree with the, the thought that they have not been tested at all yet. They really haven't even played that great yet, but I, I think that really doesn't mean a whole lot to, to this game. <laughs> Because there's a certain aspect of, are you really that up 
for those first two games, or is right. there a little mm-hmm. bit of a double championship hangover for one in week one and two? You should have seen Georgia Twitter's uh, meltdown last week when they didn't score any points against Ball State in the first quarter. You thought the world was ending. But, I mean, to Wes's point, so I told y'all I watched the Ball State game this week, and, you know, Georgia missed a chip shot field goal on the first drive. There's one, like, if you're in the search for, like, trying to find something, you can be like, ah, freshman kicker. Yep. You know, so. Find um, the path to victory. On the path. If you can find a path. I mean, it's a narrow path, but there's some things there. You know, so you got the fact that Georgia, yeah, they they looked kind of a little off offensively. Not great. Wes was telling me before the show, people are talking about the offensive line, which is just littered with four and five stars, but they haven't, you know, had eight yards before contact per rush, so everybody's in a tizzy about that. But Ball State had three turnovers mm-hmm. in the first half, and I think the Georgia got scores off of all those. I don't know, Tyler, if you might know. I don't know if they had another touchdown in the first half except for off of those turnovers. Um, they might have had one other one or maybe a field goal. Point is, it's, it's just hard to tell. You know that this Georgia team is really good. You know they're super talented. If you had to make a call, you'd probably say, yeah, th- this is a college football playoff team. Like, they're that good. But we just don't know. I mean, Ball State's not a good team. Tennessee Martin, not a good team. These are teams that if South Carolina played, I'm not saying it would have been a similar result, but they probably would have handled those teams quite easily too. So it just it gives a little bit more mystery than if Georgia would have played, you know, Texas in week one or, you know, even just – played in SEC, played North Carolina in week one, something like that. It kind of uh, it, is a little bit more mystery as to how good this team is. I'd, I'd lean towards them being a really, really good team. Um, but there are some questions. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're a great team. Great team, yeah. But um, they're, they're not the same team as last year until they prove they are the same team as last year. So I, I think if you're looking for – a reason for hope if you're South Carolina. It's, um, you know, yeah, they, they've replaced a lot of players. And on, on defense, a lot of these guys that they are replacing NFL players with, they recruit at such a high level that they're kind of able to recruit the same skill sets, I think. So they, they recruit guys that fit what they do. They, they just turn out NFL guys. Uh, unless you're just the elite of the elite you maybe have to wait your turn a little bit. So by the time you're playing, you already know the scheme. You know you know this defense. You kind of know exactly what's expected of you. So it, it's, it's Alabama-esque, I think, as far as yeah. how it's been built on defense where you just turn, turn the NFL guys. And then if, if you're not like a Georgia fan or you're not a Georgia media person that's like watching them every week, like if you just turn on the film and just watch Georgia run at the football – you're like, that's the same players as last year. Like, literally, they, they just physically look the same. They're all fast. They're yeah. long. They know exactly what they're recruiting to, and they just plug the next guy in, even though it's not that simple for just about everybody else in the country. I go back, and we'll get into this as we go. I just keep going back to the quarterback position as um, a huge key for Georgia's season. And, again, the idea that South Carolina has to make that matter tomorrow to have a chance. Yeah, Georgia drafting more than recruiting under Kirby Smart. I mean, his his lowest strength recruiting class is his very first one. It's number 11 in the country. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, and 
if you're looking for a reason, so I mean, one reason that people are so sad about this rivalry game going away is a lot of the best moments in Gamecock history have been tied to the Georgia game. Some yep. of the bit, the most thrilling plays, you know, um, some of the biggest <laughs> wins. But really, since since the the game that West that you highlighted on Gamecock Central's Twitter the other day, Dylan Thompson barely getting the ball across. That was in 2014. Since that game, South Carolina's won this game twice, twice, right? Or once, twice. Yeah, they won twenty nineteen. Yeah, I think that's it. Yep. So, your your the past few games, the the gap has kind of grown. It's been twenty nine point Georgia win, twenty seven point Georgia win, forty one point Georgia win. And if you're looking for a reason of kind of why was that happened, well, you see the two programs, the end of the Steve Spurrier era, right? And then Kirby Smart coming in in 2016, and it's been a steady build. And it's not – I mean, they do a great job, I said this other day, of developing, even finding walk-ons. They do a great job in his program with how they've established it. But you're not going to win big without great players. So their recruiting classes have been number 11, number 3, uh, number 1, number 2, number 1, number 3, number 3, number 2. That's their recruiting rankings. You know, it's, it's kind of silly – and if you recruit that well year in and year out, and you don't have a bunch of attrition, which they don't, they have NFL attrition, which is fine. They don't have a bunch of guys transferring left and right, and that gives your roster stability. And, and then they develop those players. So, if you're South Carolina, you've make you made some strides in recruiting. You have to continue to level that up. I thought Chris Doring made a really good point. Um, he was on our podcast GC Live with Mike Yuva yesterday. He said Georgia does as good a job as anybody at managing the transfer portal in terms of not losing guys that, you know, that have a chance to make a big impact for them. Now, they have lost guys, too, but they've, you know, look at receiver. They've gone out and they replaced them with like, hey, we're going to steal your best receiver, (laughs) Missouri. And now we're going to, hey, Mississippi State, we'll take your best receiver, too. So, you know, they've managed that extremely well. I mean, there, there's no, there's no sugarcoating it from a South Carolina perspective. Like this, is an uber talented Georgia team. You're going on the road. You're going to Athens. If you play Georgia ten times and you're South Carolina, they're gonna win, what nine of the time? Like they're gonna win most of the time. You're, you're looking. It's kind of one of those. This is why you play the games. You're looking for this to be that, that one, that one time, and and you're gonna need some. Some special things to happen, but there there is a path. And I, I thought it was curious just listening to people talk about the Georgia running game. Their backs have been banged up. And, you know, those guys are playing, it sounds like. Uh, Dejon Edwards playing this week, I think. You know, Kendall Milton has been playing. They really, at least, and I'm leaning on the Dogs HQ guys here, they haven't seen, like, that juice from their running game that you typically think of from a Georgia rushing attack, not really getting that push up front either. Mm. Now, this is something they dealt with last year early on as well, and you saw that offensive line sort of gel, and really by the end, I I mean, I kind of thought it was hilarious. They're talking about, yeah, offensive line struggled some last year, but then by the end of the year, this is the best offensive line in the country. And I'm like, okay. So, (laughs) you know, I I don't think anybody has any expectation. Like, we talk about South Carolina's offensive line struggling Right, that's probably a different struggle than what they were talking about with Georgia's offensive line struggling. Yeah, it's much different. And look, Georgia's run the ball a whole lot better than South Carolina has through these first couple of games. But in a similar way, if you go back and watch 
Georgia in games number one and two, they've gone with a lot of the like horizontal type of passes mm-hmm. as well. Not to necessarily supplement for the lack of running, but just kind of mix it up a little bit. And, you know, uh, because Kendall Milton has been banged up. Dejon Edwards, as you said, hasn't gotten to play this year, is expected to play this weekend. But in a similar way to South Carolina, they've also kind of stretched things a little bit horizontally, kind of making up for those inefficiencies that they have at the running spot, which, again, is much, much different than what South Carolina is dealing with. Yeah, you know, they, they didn't run the ball that well statistically against Ball State. You know, you look at um, their yards per carry. Like, I, I see why Georgia fans are sitting there going, ah, I would have thought we'd get a little bit more out of this. 28 carries, 99 yards. You know, I, I think that the standard for Georgia is obviously different than the standard for South Carolina. If, if South Carolina rushes for 99 yards on 28 carries tomorrow – I think you're you're happy if you're a Gamecock fan. And are doing cartwheels. If <laughs> if the South Carolina defense holds Georgia to 28 carries for 99 yards, you're that's doing a, another cartwheel. That's a backhand spring if yeah. you do that one. Like uh, but that that's what Ball State did. They held Georgia 28 carries, 99 yards, 3.5 yards of carry. Now, you got you got a gunner Stockton minus 10 on here. I guess he got sacked late or something. I mean, you know, Carson Beck, 5 for 17, did have a 14-yarder. But point being, if you can kind of just keep it to where it's one of those things where we're not talking about it as, oh, man, South Carolina rushed for 16 yards in the game, <laughs> or we're not talking about it, oh, Georgia rushed for 225. If you can keep it just within the kind of normal football margins, right? then you give yourself a chance for Spencer Rattler to go off yep. and you give yourself a chance for Carson Beck to show some of his inexperience. Yeah. Uh, by the way, let us know your favorite plays from the Georgia and Carolina series with some of those coming up at the end of the show. And uh, Bill actually asked me to put together a montage last night of some of the great plays South Carolina's had against Georgia. If we have time, we'll get to that at the end of the show as well. But coming up next, it's our favorite segment of Football Friday. It's time for Buy or Sell. That's coming up. You're listening to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on The Game. Football Friday. Sponsored by Brian's Heating and Cooling. On your home of the Gamecocks in Columbia, 107.5 The Game. Also heard on 100.3 The Game in Myrtle Beach. And 100.5 The Game in Florence. Exactly right. Exactly right. Exactly right. Exactly right. Thought he's playing great. Uh, we uh, he's certainly confident. We've kept him confident. Now we've got to do a great job of playing well around him. The offensive line, the tight ends, the running backs, the receivers, and and continuing to help him. And along those lines too, if a quarterback is playing that well. It's because the people around him are in the right places and they're doing a lot of the right things as well. So I'm excited to see Spencer continue to uh, improve as the year goes on. And I'm excited to continue to see the guys around Spencer improve as the year goes on. But you're right. He gives us a chance, as I've told the team and told the media, he gives us a chance to win, uh, win every game we play. Welcome back in Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs on a football Friday. That was Coach Beamer last night on Carolina Calls. 
Talking about Spencer Rattler, and if he can go out there and perform the way he has through these first two weeks, uh, South Carolina may just have a chance to hang in there with the number one Bulldogs tomorrow. And uh, once again, let us know your favorite plays from the South Carolina Georgia series, and we'll hit some of those at the, later on in the show. Firehouse Subtext on 803-404-6100. But now it's time for Buy or Sell. Yeah, still working on the jingle, but as always, Buy or Sell bar- brought to you by our friend Kendall Walsh at Dwell Columbia Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate. Guys, are you ready? Let's do ready. it. All right, here we go. Let's start right there with Spencer Rattler. I had this third on here, but since we're, we're going to go with uh, what the topic is right now, buy or sell, I've been tinkering with the number a little bit here, so we may change it depending on y'all's answers. Spencer Rattler will throw for 300 yards again. He's done it both weeks. Mm-hmm. Is that is that an easy buy for anybody, or is it? A conversation. Oh, definitely, Chris. Yeah, definitely a conversation. Not an easy buy at all. Okay. All right. Well, we'll, we'll keep it right there. I I was about to go even higher, because for for one reason, but oh, will you give the reason? Yeah, I'll tell okay. you right now. I mean, okay. I I think for South Carolina to win the game, mm-hmm. Rattler's got to throw the ball. I think sure. for South Carolina to run the ball, Rattler's got to throw the ball on the outside, which South Carolina will count as the run. Mm-hmm. The stats will count as a pass. And I think if South Carolina's down, then Spencer Rattler is going to be throwing the ball. So even if they lose the game, now granted, if you look at the stats from last year, he he obviously didn't have a huge game statistically throwing the football against them. But that was before we kind of saw this this new Spencer Rattler. His last five games now, you know, <laughs> he has put up huge numbers. So for me, I mean, I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. that This is a buy for me just based on a comment. doesn't even mean Carolina wins the game by any means or that it's sure. even close, but I, I buy 300 yards. Yeah, I buy that. Um, they're just, I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball, so it's all going to come off of Spencer throwing it and you know using those short passes basically in place of the run. So, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy that. Again, I don't necessarily know if that means they win, win the game, him throwing over 300 yards, but that's what the bulk of the offense is going to have to be tomorrow. So I had to go back and kind of find some statistical evidence to sway me one way or the other. My my initial reaction was like a definite sell. It just kind of screamed sell to me. And then I went back and looked. You know, against North Carolina, Spencer went for 350, a little over, even in a loss. And then if you go back and you look at the losses last year, you had 145 against Florida, 171 against Missouri, Georgia 118, and Arkansas 377. So, I'm, I'm still going to sell just because I think if, if South Carolina loses this game, I think I would tend to think it's going to be a little bit more like that. Gosh, well, I'm not having people tune in saying this, but, you know, a little more ugly, right? Let's just say it like that. You know, if I, I could see this game being ugly if, if they can't, make some things happen up front to protect Rattler. So I'm I'm gonna go sell. All right. Um the Georgia Bulldogs will rush for a hundred and thirty yards or more in Athens tomorrow afternoon. Uh I'll buy that one. Tyler likes to buy. Chris, where are you at? That's gonna be a buy for me as well. Show your work. 
Well, the easy answer would be it's Georgia. They're going to run the football well. But, you know, again, I think that's one of those things that you just kind of have in your mind based on Georgia's, like, historical identity. You always think, ah, great defense and run the ball. And and that Mm -hmm. has been the case a lot. But they've been dynamic passing last few years. have had some great quarterback play. I I don't think their running backs are – Todd Gurley, Nick Chubb, right? But yeah, it's not it's not one of the best backfields they've had. Yeah, I it's mean, solid. I, I, I just think there are two still some questions for the Gamecocks there. Like North Carolina was a mixed bag, and British Brooks went over a hundred yards on his own. I yeah. I've just I've got to go by. Yeah, and the the reason I picked that number is that both teams are actually like throw out the schedule. I know South mm-hmm. Carolina's played North Carolina uh, and Furman. Georgia's played, uh, you know probably two teams that would be in between those two teams but uh my internet just went out so i can't tell you the exact numbers but that that's like an average basically yeah of what cool. georgia has rushed for this year and coincidentally what south carolina has given up it's yeah, a good so one, far it's a good one and, this year and what we know georgia to do especially in the second half if they have a decent lead they're just gonna just run it down it. your throats and wear you out like that's just what they do yeah i mean my my instinct here would be to buy too. Like I, I was going solely off the numbers. My instinct would be this number would sh- maybe should have been more like 150, 160 before everybody starts to kind of really um, discuss it a- as a possible sell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe even higher. But I, I do. I think South Carolina's run defense is quietly improved. So against my better judgment. And to be different, I'm going to sell that. (laughs) All right. The game will be within a touchdown at halftime. Considerations here. It was 24-0 Georgia last year. Yep. Consideration on the other side, Georgia has started slow. Really both games so far this year. But I expect them to be much more dialed in, shall we say, this week. I mean, they've been thinking about Taka Hemingway's comments all week long. It's clearly bothered them for months. Yes. <laughs> Tongue firmly in cheek. But, guys, will the game be within a touchdown at halftime? I'm going to sell that. I I don't think South Carolina is going to be out of it at halftime like they were a year ago, but I don't think it's going to be seven points. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to sell as well, and I'm thinking more of a like a 10 point. 10 to 14? Yeah, that, yeah. that kind of range is, is is where my head is at right now. All right. I'm going to buy it. I have no reason. I'm just, I'm buying it. You're contrarian. contrarian. Yeah, yeah. No, I just. Just it, a gut feel? It, it just, it feels kind of, it feels like Georgia's going to win the game, but it feels like there's a path for South Carolina to keep this thing a little bit tighter sure. than we currently expect. Which, yep. all right, so let, let's fly through this part. Is, is anybody buying a South Carolina upset? Are we all? I am not. Yeah, I'm selling that one. Okay, fair enough. I'm I'm selling that as well. So we go to the line currently okay. 27 and a half. So the over under on this game is 54 and a half. Yeah. Uh, 27 and a half is the line, which means you're looking at like a 41 to 14 game or yeah. a 42 to 14 game puts you right on the edge of of either side of those over yes. under or the the line itself for the winner. Yeah. So. Are you are you buying are you buying that South Carolina keeps it within four touchdowns? 
Uh, based on my score prediction, I'm going to have to sell on that one. Ooh, Tyler, the people are upset. Uh-oh. Hit up Tyler on the Firehouse Subs text line. <laughs> hey, this was the week where I knew everybody was going to hate me, 6100. So it's okay. <laughs> hey, Tyler, I think everybody's been pretty fair to they you. They They've been good to you. Um, so, Tyler's selling that. I'm, based on what I said earlier about halftime, I'm going homer. I'm buying. South Carolina loses but keeps it closer. And you said it was four touchdowns? Yep, 27 and a half. So you're I'm actually bu- just under that. So, yeah, I'm all – I can't even well, remember closer than four it. touchdowns is – Right. Is, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah I, I say they keep it closer than four touchdowns. Okay. So Chris buys. Yep. And we'll give our scores at the end. Yeah, we'll give the scores at the end. We'll, we'll hit on some of your favorite plays and play the montage as well. If we have been a lot time, of good but, yeah. big plays oh, yeah, in I, this game. Don't worry. They're in there. Uh, that'll do it for today's edition of Buy or Sell. We'll hit some keys to the game coming up as you're listening to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on the game. What you're talking about. Sponsored by Love Chevrolet. On your home of the Gamecocks. In Columbia, 107.5 The Game. Also heard on 100.3 The Game in Myrtle Beach. And 100.5 The Game in Florence. He's a, uh, one, he's a veteran guy. He's, uh, you know, sat around and waited his turn very much like Mac Jones did at Alabama when he was sitting behind Jalen Hurts and, and uh, Tua. Uh, so he sat around, he's waited his turn, he knows the system, you can tell his teammates respect him and rally around him, and he's an athletic guy that can make all the throws. He's made some really nice throws in games, and you see him continuing to get more and more comfortable uh, with what they're asking him to do. So he is a, uh, he's a guy that you know could have been starting at most programs across the country the last couple of years, but wanted to stay at Georgia and wait for his opportunity, and he got it, and, and he's making the most of it through two games. Welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler Wesson, Chris, along with you on a football Friday. That was Coach Beamer last night in Carolina Calls talking about Carson Beck, and one of the big keys to the game for South Carolina tomorrow is making Carson Beck uncomfortable, hopefully forcing him into some mistakes in what is really the biggest game of his career, at least at Georgia up to this point. Tyler, I want to get your take on Carson Beck. Okay. okay. Are you just I we don't know yet? Is that kind of where you are? Or or are you we don't know, but he's probably going to be X. I or think, is his ceiling like Jake Fromm? Yeah. You know I, what I'm I, saying? I think it's a little bit of somewhere in the middle and look, he was a four star guy coming out of Jacksonville now three, four years ago. So I, I know the the skill and the talent potential is there. Again, he just has not been put in any pressure situations in his time at Georgia. So as opposed to Stetson Bennett, who over the past two seasons was put in a lot of big game scenarios, was able to put the team on his back in some of those scenarios and lead them to wins. I don't know if Carson Beck necessarily has that clutch gene. So it's something that we're not really going to know until he gets put in that situation. And again, tomorrow being his first ever conference game, again, taking the first real consequential consequential snaps of his career where there's potential on the other side. Hey, this team can beat you or this team has the opportunity to beat you. So it's going to be kind of one of those wait and see kind of things. Do I think he can go out there and be as great as Stetson Bennett? Maybe. Do I think he has the opportunity to be more of kind of the middle of the ground game manager type like Jake Fromm? Maybe so too. I think, I think maybe a little bit more of the latter, at least from what we've seen so far. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair, and, uh, you know, you've seen him more than I have, Tyler, but, you know, I, I watched, to me, 
he looked like a guy who was kind of settling into his first couple of starts. Like, I, I, I think if if we were sitting here, so again, you're talking about kind of grading on a curve, and the expectations are so high at Georgia. Like, if let's if we were talking about this guy here locally, and he was a four star guy, and we saw him do the exact same things the first two weeks, Chris, you and I would probably be saying, "Hey, he's missed some throws, but it's." It's his first two starts, so give him some grace. Let's see what he becomes. Um, you know, it, it's still very much to be determined. I, I think if you want to be super positive, if you're a South Carolina fan out there and say, is there a little bit to work with here in terms of him not being Stetson Bennett? Yes. Is there a chance you could turn him over tomorrow and it impact the game? Is there a chance he could miss a third down throw for you early and get you off the field? Yes, absolutely. Like I, I think, I think that's what you're holding on to hope as as a South Carolina fan is that he makes a couple of errors for you. Um, you want to be the one to force those errors, obviously, but you hope, may, hey, maybe there's an unforced error or two in here as well to to kind of keep you in the game. The thing I remember about last year, South Carolina, Georgia, is Stetson Bennett, as much as the guy never quite got the credit he deserved, he came out, dude, he knew exactly where the ball was supposed to go, <laughs> and then he put it there. And, you know, I, I think that Munkin did a fantastic job of devising a, a plan for them as well. And so they really didn't run the football like a traditional Georgia team early last year either, but you had Stetson Bennett just, I mean, he's like a point guard out there. He's putting the ball right where it needs to be. They're doing, didn't they hit a double reverse to to Brock Bowers, I think, for a touchdown? Like, they're spreading the ball all around. Stetson's juking, you know, defensive ends out of their shoes. You know, do you have that playmaking ability from your quarterback position this time? Maybe maybe you do, man. Like, maybe you do. But, but it's not a known. We just don't know that yet. So, uh, I think that's the, the first key to this game for South Carolina is you kind of just got to survive the first quarter. And I think a key to doing that is can – you know, can you just affect Carson back a little bit? Can you can you put them in a couple of third down passing situations and make him make the throw? I, I think, you know, if he's sitting in in short yardage situations, you really don't put any pressure on him. And I, I think pressure comes in different forms. I'm not necessarily even talking about it has to be physical pressure like you're hitting him. You, there's multiple ways to put pressure on a not young but an inexperienced quarterback. Well, and it is a question because it's a different feel than going and playing Stetson Bennett last year, or if you're playing a guy who's a, you know a third year starter who's you pretty much know you're going to play this guy and he's going to be a first round NFL draft pick. Like it is a different feel, and that's not any slight towards Carson Beck. He he may go out and have a phenomenal game tomorrow. That this game tomorrow could kickstart you know, his career, so to speak, which you wouldn't want if you're South Carolina, but but it could happen. And I think it goes back to what you've been saying starting early this week and now all week. So make that question. Can South Carolina make that question into an advantage for them? Um, like, I always think about, of course, disclaimer, each game is different just because it's the same two teams. 
you can see the recipe that South Carolina followed from that 2019 game, that super unexpected upset. Well, how did that happen? The number one thing was four Georgia turnovers versus none for South Carolina. Three of them were interceptions. So I actually just looked at them this morning to make sure. Here's how they happened. One of them, Javon Kinlaw, just whipped his guy up front one-on-one. Jake Fromm had to break the pocket, threw the football up. Izzy Mukwamu picked six. The other throw was just a bad throw. He just missed the throw, landed in Izzy Mukwamu's arms. The other throw was perfectly fine, went off the receiver's hands into Izzy Mukwamu's hands. Right, so you can see one of them is a self-inflicted wound. Two of them are self-inflicted wounds by Georgia. You know, one of them's a drop that ends up as a pick. One of them's a bad throw that ends up as a pick. One of them's a play that you 100% forced because you put pressure on the quarterback. So maybe, you know, for South Carolina, ideally you are forcing some mistakes and then the other team is making some mistakes. That's typically what you need uh, to to pull an upset like this. But you are going to have to pull your own weight. There are going to be times where you're going to need to get a third down offensively. You're going to need some explosive plays. You're going to need to play well on special teams. And you're going to need to not let Georgia go up and down the field on you so that you can create even the possibility for some of these mistakes to happen. Yeah, and I, I think our question, man, is, is this Georgia team more like the team that's rolled out there in 2022 and 2021? Or is it more like the one that was rolling out there, you know, 2018, 2019, when, I mean, I remember the narrative at the time was, oh, Kirby Smart's just another Mark Rick. And it's like, that. I mean, he is completely, like I remember early in his tenure where they were like comparing the records. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, all right, that narrative got completely just smashed, yeah, people, blown out of the water. Pe- and people stopped talking about that a couple of years ago. Funny <laughs> yeah, how they, that works. They, right? they ended that thought. <laughs> but, um, I mean, dude, you look at this game, you look at this series, and from, if you go back to that stretch from 2000 to 2014, I mean, this thing was relative. Like, this thing was about as even as it gets. It was one of those that did not matter which team was good on paper <laughs> or which team was bad on paper. It was always some kind of four-quarter grinded-out nail-biter. Yep, and, um, you know, that that's, that's I guess, 15 games. That, that's like, a, I'm looking at, I think, 7 and 8. I think South Carolina was 7 and 8 during that stretch. But then you look since then, from 2015 to 2022, just the one win, obviously 2019, and really not even that close as far as these matchups go. So that that's something that obviously has to change for, for South Carolina to even have a chance to win the game. They've got to make this thing competitive first. Right. And some of that is, you know, South Carolina doing that stretch, taking a step back. Simultaneously, Georgia takes a huge step forward as a program as well. So I, I do think it is a nice little measuring stick for, for both teams, it won't tell us everything, but it will tell us, you know, where where is Georgia compared to last year, and has South Carolina taken some steps forward from week one? We'll talk about favorite moments from this series over the years and give our final score predictions coming up on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on the game. Football Friday. Sponsored by Brian's Heating and Cooling. On your home of the Gamecocks in Columbia, 107.5 The Game. Also heard on 100.3 The Game in Myrtle Beach. And 103.7 
100.5, the game in Florence. It's a fake by the Gamecocks. Melvin Ingram, left side, he's running across the 40, 45, Georgia territory, inside the 30, big Melvin inside the 15, dead. Touchdown, Carolina. Touchdown, Melvin Ingram. Are you kidding me? The year is 2011. Melvin Ingram with the fake punt that would help lead South Carolina to the 45-42 victory over Georgia. Georgia actually started that season 0-2. They'd gotten beaten by Boise State the week before in those god-awful Power Ranger red uniforms. But that's besides (laughs) the point. It is Football Friday here on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyre West and Chris along with you for a few more minutes getting you set for South Carolina and Georgia coming up tomorrow afternoon at 3.30, which you can listen to right here on the game. That is a favorite play of many, many South Carolina fans as far as this series goes. What is y'all's favorite play? Christian, go first, man. I was sitting here looking at this list of games, and literally (laughs) I just look at the date and score and be like, oh, this was a crazy play in that game. For, For that stretch, 2000 to 2014, I mean, you were talking about memorable play after memorable play. Um, on both sides, man, go yeah. Look I was at that twenty or I was at that two thousand two game, which was the David Pollock mm-hmm. fumble oh, yeah. interception. However yeah. I don't know how the, he did that. I, the highlight of his career. Yes. I don't know how he did it either. Insane. What what popped in your head, Chris? The Ace Sanders punt return in twenty twelve, I think, has got to take the cake. There are many worthy candidates that Melvin Ingram plays one. Brandon Bennett over the top is going to be one for a lot of people, but I've got to go the ace punt returned. I, I will I will probably say that is the loudest I've ever heard williams Bryce Stadium. Got a lot of people waiting on the text line. Brandon Bennett, yep. Melvin Ingram. Uh, they had uh, Dennis Quinn on earlier today. He got two of the five interceptions against Quincy Carter back in 2000. That's Ooh. also a Preston was play on that, that team, right? Preston, I believe, was on that team. Yeah. That's why um, they did that. Yeah. yeah. So, favorite, favorite play of many people. Uh, quickly, before I give our score predictions, would you like to hear the montage Bill had me make? In yeah, I would to love plays? to. How, how about late great Phil Petty to Brian Scott oh, in that's Athens? A good one. That's a good one. That's included as well. Here we go. Is going to score from 51 yards. Carter, interception. Dennis Quinn, second. Penny goes to the end zone and taken away for a touchdown. And that is Brian Scott. I mean, the defensive back was there to make the interception. Slides over to the near sideline. Ace drops one, picks it up at the 30. 35, Ace with a move up the middle, another at the 50, open space for Ace, it can't get him at the 30, at the 20, got one man to beat, 10-5, touchdown Carolina, touchdown Ace Sanders. Nathan Theus will snap it, Erickson puts it down, and he skimmed it, oh my, wow! Into coverage and picked off. Mukwamu down the near sideline at the 30, <laughs> at the 20. Run, Mukwamu. <laughs> into the end zone. Touchdown, Carolina. Take that, Georgia. Touchdown. looks, nods, says he's ready to take it to the third overtime. Kicks it up. 
He missed it! He missed it! And the Gamecocks win it in Athens. In second overtime, Carolina takes down number three, Georgia. They win it 20 to 17. And just a few of the great moments from the South Carolina Georgia series over the years. Those are very good. Y'all heard a lot. I mean, that didn't do it justice, but like the Ace Sanders punt return was so loud. That it was, was loud a, in my earphones. That was one of those games. That game was over before it started, I feel like. The environment in Williams-Brice Stadium that night, there was just something different about it. And South Carolina steamrolled Georgia that night. Biggest crowd in Williams-Brice Stadium history, I'm pretty sure. And um, the game... The game was over before it started, but it was literally over when Ace returned that punt. Yeah, that, like, was, that was that was the dagger. That was that was insane. Offense yeah. came out on fire. Defense came out creating turnovers. Yep. And um, that was, I mean that that was the greatest night at the time in South Carolina football history, in my opinion. All right, about a minute to go here. Final score predictions for tomorrow, guys. I've got Georgia thirty. Gamecocks 13. I think it's going to be similar to it's either the 2017 or 18 game. I had it earlier. Gamecocks were down seven at halftime, kept mm. it close. Georgia eventually won 24 to 10. I've got a similar kind of game, 30 to 13, Georgia. All right, Wes. Wow. Uh, go check these out on Gamecock Central. A couple of the uh, our younger contributors picked South Carolina to win, so maybe they'll be right. I got Georgia 38, South Carolina 24. Got him covering the spread, 45-13 Georgia. Again, this is the week where people aren't going to like me, and I understand. We'll find out tomorrow, right? We will find out tomorrow. That'll do it for today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs Halftime Show with myself and Elijah. Coming up next on a Football Friday, right here on The Game. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.